0: Okay, today's DAF is Baba Kamidav design. Welcome to our special guest from Palo Alto. Palo Alto, San Jose? Palo Alto? Yeah, okay. Uh, so today's DAF is uh, Baba Kamidav design. We are holding on the bottom Balamidav base at the two dots. So uh, we're first going to discuss how we Paskin um, and, uh, and whether there's a bracelet to support the Pesach on the issue of whether avadim are like karka. Do we treat avadim like karka? There are two major nafkaminas. whether avadim are like karka because there is a halacha that ain't la karkos. We don't take a shvua on karka and there is a halacha that karka ain't nigzela There are no kenyone on karka. So how do those uh, rules or do those rules apply to avadim? So that's going to be the first discussion. Then on tzadizayinam, the Gemara is going to talk about the concept of chaser, that if one person is benefiting and the person whose item he's using isn't losing anything so is there any obligation to pay for the benefit that one uh, that one gets then the Gemara is going to talk about how much a person has to pay if you use someone else's boat without permission and we're going to have also two opinions what the Mishnah meant when it said that a Matbeah is Nifsal what, what, what exactly happened to a coin when we, when we say that it is Nifsal sell. Uh, did it go through any sort of physical change? Did it become something that's just not usable here, that's not usable anywhere? And then on Ahmed Bey, Gemara is going to talk about once we're talking about currency, it's going to talk about using invalid currency or currency that's no longer valid for, uh, for, for paying up a debt or for, uh, for redeeming my soshaini. And then at the very end of the daf, we're going to talk about whether you pay back with the same currency when they start making that currency with more metal. Meaning, what if they actually thicken every uh, nickel? Can you still pay back? Should you still pay back with the same amount of nickels if they're, uh, if they're thicker than they used to be? So let's begin. We're at the two dots on Sadivav Ahmed Bays. We are at Rebbe Meir Omer Ba'avadam Amr La'arei Shalcha Lefanecha. This is alluding to the uh, Mishnah where we had a machlokas between the Tanakama and Rabmeir Tanakama said, both if you steal an animal that had subsequently gotten old, or if you steal a an Eved that had subsequently gotten old, you pay the value that it was worth at the time that you stole it because there are kinyane gzela, so you pay kishasa gizela, you pay what it was worth at the time that you stole it. Rammer says, I agree when it comes to a behema. A behema is kinyane gzela, but by Avadim it's not true. By Avadim Haresh al you were never. It. so so long as you were in possession of it, it was still it was still considered to be in the possession of its rightful owner, and therefore there were no kinyan ikzela. you just give it back as is, even though he's much older, so apparently what's driving Rabbi Meir's shita is that karka ain't an egzela, and just like karkas ain't an egzela, avadim are like karka, they also don't have kinyan ikzela. and that's why you could say chal vanecha. that even though it's a time against Rabbi mayor, we paskin like Rabbi Mary that Karkas ain't an That Avadim are like karka rather, and therefore Avadim are also ain't an why in the world would you pass on like Grand Mayor? You have a Tanakama Stam Tana, which presumably is the Sheet of the Rabbanon, that disagree with the Mayor. Why would you pass like Reb Mayor against the Rabbanon? Because he has a Brisa that reverses the Sheetos, where it's Rabbi Meir that actually holds that, uh, that Avadim are not like Karka, and the Chavim well that Avadim are like Karka. So that's why he's passing like the Chachamim of the Brisa, just like Rabbi Meir of our Mishnah. So he says, So he says, but why would you assume that the Braidsa is more authoritative than the Mishnah? To the contrary, we always assume that the Mishnah is more authoritative than the Braidsa. So it says, Rav's Rebbe taught him the Mishnah in reverse also. Meaning the way we have the Mishnah is the reverse of the way Rav had the Mishnah. So Rav is passing like Rameir the way we have the Mishnah, but it's like the Rabban on the way he had the Mishnah. the the way he had the Mishnah. Why would Rav change around the Mishnah in order to conform to the Braysa? To the contrary, he should have changed around the Brysa in order to conform to the Mishnah Mishnah. is more authoritative. It's not that he changed the Mishnah. That's the way he was actually taught the Mishnah. He was taught the Mishnah the opposite way from the way we have the Mishnah. V'iibah, you say, more another possibility of why Rav prefers the Braysa over the Mishnah, is you're not going to, uh, to to change a Mishnah to conform to a single Brisa. But But if you have two Brisas that both seem to say Rameir is the one that holds that Avadim are not like Karka, and you have a Mishnah that says that, that Rameir holds Avadim are like Karka, so you're going to change the Mishnah in the face of two Brisas to the contrary. Where's a second Brisa that Rameir holds that Avadim are not like karka. If someone exchanges a cow for a donkey, the yolda, and the uh, cow gave birth. So the way the kinyon was made on the cow was not in the presence of the cow. The cow is sitting somewhere else on another field. I'm giving you my donkey, and as soon as you take my donkey, uh, you, I become the proud owner of your cow. But the cow was pregnant. We go and we look at the cow now, now it has a baby, and we don't know did it have the baby before the kinyin? In which case, the, uh, the initial owner of the cow would be the owner of the baby? Or did it have the baby after the kinyin? In which case, the new buyer of the cow would be the owner of the baby. V'chein, similarly, a mocha shivcha someone sells a shivcha and she gives birth. So one says, "I'm confident that the baby was born, and while, while the animal, while the mother was in my ma- or the whether it be the animal or the shivcha was in my rishus." And the other one doesn't say anything. the person uh, who who has the claim is the one that wins. Telsus points out, "Certainly, this works very well if you assume that one one person comes with the time as bari, and the other person." Uh, has the Tainas Shema, the Tainas Bari wins, because one person is saying, certainly I know that this animal was born while it was in my possession, and the other one doesn't know anything, that's why they were quiet. So that certainly works. And then Tos says, Even if you say Bari V'Shema, the Bari doesn't win, this is not Bari V'Shema. This is a Bari and a Shtika. Shtika is kahodaa. Shtika is an agreement. So therefore, even if old Bari V'shem Bari Yadif, still the person that says the Tainas Bari, that he knows for sure that the baby was born while the cow or the shidduch was in his possession is going to win. But Zeo Meri Neodeah, Zeo if neither of them know, which is the most likely scenario, the animal wasn't uh, there it wasn't present when they were doing the Kinyin so if both of them say they don't know Yachloku, then they divide it. They 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 sell it split the money. V'zeomer brushusi v'zeomer If each one is confident that they are the rightful owner, so Yeshava mocher she brushuso the seller of the cow or the seller of the shivcha has to swear that he, that that it was born while it was still in his rishus because this is a typical where if you don't want to have to pay something up you have to take a Shavuah normally is only but is where you take a Shavuah and then you won't have to pay that may work by the behema case by the cow but you can't take a shvua on the baby of the Shivcha, because that's an Eved, and an Eved is like Karka, and therefore you cannot take a Shemuah on Karka. And that's the key line that the Chachamim are the ones that say that an Eved is like Karka. Rameir apparently has no problem with taking a Shemuah on the Eved, because Rameir holds that an Eved is not like Karka. So here we have two Brysos that say that Rameir holds an Eved is not like Karka, and that's ample reason to switch the Mishnah in favor of the Brysos says the... the just points out that it's interesting that by the case of para and Khamar we mention machlif, the para, and as opposed to just mocher, the para. When it comes to the shivcha, we didn't talk about being machlif, we just talk about being mokha the shivcha, Tosef points out. demilson He says, don't read too much into that. It's just normal that that's the way a transaction would happen with a cow. Is it would be exchanged for another animal, and the normal way for a transaction to happen with a shivcha is that it would be sold. of el ubishas roem yelda imlav. He says, you cannot tell me that the reason we don't pick a, a, a case of. Her para... Is, is, is that the only way to make a kinyan when you're actually selling a para as opposed to exchanging it is by doing a mashicha on the para, in which case the para would have been right there and you would have known when it gave birth. But a shivcha could be acquired with kesef because avid is like karka, and a shivcha therefore is like karka that could be acquired with kesef. You can't say that, Tosa says, because this whole thing is Rabbi Meir. We're working within Rabbi Meir, and Rabbi Meir does not compare the the Eved to Karka. So you can't say that that's the difference, that the Kenyan can work with the Kesef for an Eved but not for a Para, and that's why we uh, we set up the cases in that way, because that's simply not true according to Rabbi Meir. According to Rabbi Meir, the Kenyan with the Eved is not going to be a Kenyan Kesef Either says Gemara, "Ha'alach <laughs> Rameir, alach by Lay. So now that we said that Rav had reversed the shittos of Rameir and the Rabbanan, when he says "alach Rameir," what he really means is that alach is what the Rabbanan hold. It's just with the way we have Rabbi Meir is what the way he had the Rabbanan. So shouldn't he have said that the alach is like the Rabbanan? this is what he meant, meant to say, based on the way that you're telling me the Mishnah, Rab says, based on the way everyone else seems to have uh, learnt the Mishnah, that Allah would follow the opinion of Rav Meir as it appears in the Mishnah. But in reality, the reason I'm poshaling that way is because I believe it's not the sheet of Rameir at all. Rather, it's the sheet of the Rabbanan. Therefore, by Avadim, you say, There's no Kinyan on Karka, and there's also no Shavua on Karka, on Avadim, because they're like Karka. Says Does Rav really hold that an evidence like Karka and therefore you can't take a shmu on it, and therefore there are no Kenyanikzeel on it? Daniel Amarav. Didn't Rav Daniel katina say in the name of Rav. Potter, that if you grab someone else's eved and you do malacha with him, your potter, you don't have to pay for the uh, for the rental of that eved. But but if you hold that an eved is like karka, then you should have to pay for that because the eved is still considered to be in the possession of the uh, the initial owner the whole time, and you've been using it, so you should have to pay for the usage of that eved while it, you haven't made any kinyanam on it, so you should have to pay for every moment of usage you should have, have to pay rental payments for the uh, for the Eved because it's still considered to be in the possession of the original owner because there's no kinyani gazela now the case is you took the Eved when he wasn't doing malacha anyway um, either because it wasn't uh, the time that he normally does malacha or his rightful owner didn't have anything for him to do right now and therefore as Rashi points out the key over here is In that case, the reason you don't have to pay is because, yes, you're benefiting from the Eved, but the owner of the Eved is not losing anything, because he had nothing for the Eved to do anyway. So the Eved is just sitting there bored, not doing anything. That's why you don't have to pay. But nothing to do with an Eved being anything but Karka. The Eved is Karka. It's just like Karka where the owner has nothing to do with it and is not going to benefit from it, and you go and benefit from it, you're not going to have to pay. Rabbi Rabbi Abba le Mari Barmar, just like Rabbi Abba sent the message to Mari Barmar. Boimin er maafuna hadar b'chaser chaver shalom idaito loschar or ain't loschar. If you squat in someone else's house while well, they're not there, you have to pay rental. You don't have to pay any rent. So v'shalchole ein lo tsarik la'los loschar. He said you do not have to pay because he wasn't using it anyway. So zane ne v'zelo chaser. How can you compare the two cases? I understand very well by the house you're not going to have to pay rent. Whether you assume that it's just dumb, good for a house to be lived in uh, because uh, the the someone someone who's uh, who, who lives there is always looking out. For if anything goes wrong, if a if a pipe uh, breaks or something, you have it fixed. You know, just li- it's good to have someone around that's living in house. It's always good for a house not to be abandoned, so it's good for the owner that there's a squatter there. or whether you want to say which is a pasuk in Sefer Shayo, but it alludes to the fact that uh, there's a certain demon that that haunts uh, empty houses, abandoned houses. So it's good to have uh, to have. Have a person living in the house so you don't have uh, you don't have that demon going and ruining the house. So, Nicholay, so you understand why the owner of the property is perfectly happy to have a squatter in his property, and that's why you're not going to have to pay for it. But over here, is the owner of the Evid happy that you're going to weaken his Evid by making him work when uh, he really needs his relaxation time, when he needs his downtime? So, Amri, He says It's, it's, it's it's definitely in his best interest that the Evid does work because if the Evid's not doing work, he's learning to be a butler. He's learning to enjoy vacation a little too much. So much better to have him to have him trained to do more work. So yeah, he's very happy that you're putting his that, he, that you're putting his evid to work. Now it sounds from the Gemara that it has to be that the Balabayas is getting some hana'ah. From the fact it's not zenev zeluchaser, it's got to be like a of zenev that the balabais is getting some benefit from the fact that you're squatting in this house. Otherwise, you would have to pay. That's why that's the implication of the whole gemara. So the rishonim just point out that the gemara and daf sounds like the reason you it from tashlumin is because the balabais is, uh, is 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 is, is that, that, that that I'm sorry. The rishonim asked that has nothing to do with the balabais getting hana is just. That it's Midas Dom. The guy's not losing anything anyway. So well it shouldn't matter if he gets Hannah or doesn't get Hannah. As long as he's Low it should be enough. To, uh, to exempt the squatter from having to pay. So there are three basic approaches in Rishonim and Achronim. The Rashba suggests that there is a little bit of a loss over here. It's not completely zelo chaser, because usage and wear and tear is something that's happening to the house or to the oven. So there is a little bit of a loss. In order to uh, to balance that little loss of the usage or the wear and tear, there has to be some minor benefit as well that balances each other out. The Rush suggests that the Gemara could have said that the reason he's part of it is because I'm not a Muslim. But well, the Rab chadomilson it also says that he's not chasser he's osim Motova. he's doing him a favor that he's uh, that he's that he's, uh, he's he's preventing his house from getting ruined so you not could have said that as well but uh, and it would have been enough to say you're partner with zenan of zelachaser it, but it's giving some extra so an extra reason that you're going to be partner the amshel of the sure they though point out and there's is a, a very important point over here that zenan of zelachaser is only a pateur from having to pay for your hana'ah. it doesn't make it okay. To do it, you're not allowed to go and go squat in someone's house with the Taina of Zen and of z'l-chose. That's what we call a Shol a Shol Midas. Shol shol-midas is a Gazlin. When you borrow something without someone's permission, I'm not ruining it, I'm not doing it, he's not using it anyway. That's a gazlan. You're not allowed to do that. It's it's only because the adon is getting some hana from it, or the, from the fact that you're using his house, or that you're using his heaven, that it would even be mutulah chachila to do it. That's why a lot of people say with the come with the taina if they illegally download the music or something from uh, from the internet. I wasn't going to buy it anyway. I'm so cheap. I would never pay for uh, you know whatever it is a dollar ninety nine for a movie or for a song or for whatever it is. I would never. I would never do it. So. Uh, so, he's not losing any money by me downloading it. It's Zen and Khas. There's nothing that he's So, whatever the Tainas may be, Zen of Evzalachas is not a very strong Taina. Because that's saying I'm a Gazlon and I'm just parted from pain. But it's not okay to be a Gazlon either. So, uh, so it doesn't seem to be a very strong Taina. Beirav Yosef Barchama. Rav Yosef Barakham used to, in the, the house of Rav Yosef they would take they would take other people's avadim, Demasek B'Uzuzi, who owed them money, Vavdi malacha So if you, if you owed him money, and you weren't paying back, he would just go steal your avadim and do malacha with your avadim. So Rabbi so Rabbi his son said to him, my time of marhachi, w- What are you doing? How can you do that? How are you allowed to go take his avadim without permission, and go use his avadim? Don't you know I'm doing him a favor? And the Evid doesn't even pay for his own meals. Meaning, the, the Eved, it's not worth it to have an Evid. His uh, meal money costs more than uh, any benefit you're going to get from the Evid. So I'm also supporting the Evid while I'm, while I'm putting him to work. He says that, that, that Rav Nachman said that about his own Evid. He, he, he had an evet who was good for nothing. He had an Evid who used to dance for money and he couldn't do anything else, had no skills. So his own Evid wasn't worth his meal money. But most of Avadim have some sort of skill and they do something. There's a reason that people want avadim. It's because normally it pays to have avadim. So you can't really say that whenever you take an Evid from somebody that, uh, that 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 uh, that it's fine and that uh, that you're 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 benefiting them. i <speaking in Hebrew> He says I hold like Rav that when you take someone else's evidence who's not doing work <in> anyway, you're <Hebrew> Potter from paying from it. because he's perfectly happy that his evidence shouldn't learn to be a Batlan now over here you have to say that this is Muta right that it's not just that he doesn't have to pay because it's, it's, it's uh, who was it it's Debei the the Rav, Rav Yosef or to Bay Rabbah uh, so, meaning it was, we're talking about from the Gedoli Amarayim that would uh, that would do this Bei Rav Yosef so, the, so Rav Yosef would do this L'charchila so you can't say oh it's, 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 he's a Gazel but he doesn't have to pay no that you have to say it's muta L'charchila but that's exactly the point of the Amshashoma of the Pnei Yeshua that they were saying the reason it's muta L'charchila is because you're actually benefiting the person the owner of the evit is actually benefiting from this if we were pure Zen of it would be us to do it's muta to do over here because you're actually benefiting the other party. Uh, one of the achronim just uh, points out that notices a conversation between a father and a son, right? And what does the son say? Amale um, really, Rabba bere Rabba the son, says to, to Rav Yosef, My time of Mar Hachi. Why did you do this? Why, why did Mar do such a thing? The Gemara and Kiddush in Daft discusses how one is supposed to ask a father when they see the father violating the din. And that's not the way you're supposed to phrase it. The Gemara and Kiddush in says, you're supposed to say, Abba, Karkos and Batola! Doesn't it say in the Torah such and such? You're not supposed to say, why, why are you doing this? So in the Sefer Kos Yeshua, he says, Rabbi wasn't asking in terms of you're going against the Torah. He wasn't assuming his father was going against the Torah. He was assuming that he wasn't trying to correct his father. He was trying to understand. So there's a difference. When you're trying to correct him, you have to say, Kach you have to go very gently. When you know that the father's correct, you just know that you don't understand why he's correct. So then you're allowed to ask in, in a more, more straightforward way. Way, my time of in why did you why did you do such a thing? Okay, says it more further. So he said back to him but that's only if, uh, you know, it's, it's, you're right, you're benefiting the owner of the Eved by stealing his Avadim and having that when they're not working anyway and having them do work for you because the Avadim are going to be busy now, they're not going to learn to be Batlanim. So I agree with you, that's only if you don't have any other previous relationship with the person who owns these Avadim, that he, they don't owe you any money. But mark, the But these guys owe you money, so is not that look like ribis, that you're in addition to them paying you back the money that they owe you, you're also using their Avadim. The Avadim even though if you go squat in someone else's house, you don't have to pay rent. But if you lent him money and now you go squat in his house, you better pay rent for that because you shouldn't be benefiting in addition to the fact that he's paying you back. Amalei Hadribi says, You're right, I, I changed my mind. Tosos points out, Tos raises the Kasha, that the Gemara says that if you lend the money in Darbah then even if it's not only the you have to pay for it. Um, otherwise, it's going to look like like, like ribbis because of the tovas hanah that he lent him money. He's letting him live in his house. So he says, so how are you allowed to do any any favor to him all, to, to lend him any object that are not only the skirus and uh, that, that, that uh, is is it always also to have any sort of uh, any interaction with the guy? You have to just like sit on the other side of the shul and pretend you don't know the guy. If you if you lent him you lent him money, so he says. But has you, you're allowed. says a couple of approaches. And what he says, you're allowed to lend him things that you would. Have have lent him otherwise meaning if even if he had not loaned you the money um even if you had not loaned him the money things that that would have been normal between you anyway that it's Dafka beheman and kalim, or things that are Bifarhasia to live in his field or to be toke to do to, to use his avat, that you're not allowed to do so if it's either farhesia or or it's something that you wouldn't have otherwise done, that's what's off-limits. But if you have a relationship with the person anyway, and there are things that you would have done anyway, so that you're allowed to act normally. That's always the, uh, the Geder. To act normally toward the person. I got a shaila. someone was pulled over on the side of... Uh, some. some uh, Talmud of mine was... Uh, know where he was but he, he uh he ran out of gas like and his car stopped in the middle of it so he uh he went on his phone to, to and he didn't have any he didn't have his wallet he didn't have any cash he had nothing so uh so he oh, whatever a little uh, so he, he he uh he went to find the closest chabad you know to find the closest uh jew uh so it, the local chabad rabbi who lived a couple of miles away brought him a thing of gas and uh, you know, or, and, or gave him some money or something, and uh, and he paid him back afterwards. But he wanted to know, could he send him flowers for Shabbos? Is that a chashash ribbis to send him flowers to Shabbos? And Pashla says it is. That it is a chashash ribbis to send him flowers. Because you don't stop and random Chabad rabbis flowers for uh, for Shabbos. Anything that you would not have done otherwise. He lent him some money. He wasn't gas. He lent him money. And uh, he was able to, to get gas with that money. So uh, Pashla says it is a problem. But anyway, so that's uh, some of the Deen of ribbis. Says Gmar Itmar. Shal if Someone grabs his friend's boat and he does malacha on the boat if the, the owner of the boat could take the rental fee for the boat or he could take the devaluation of the boat that because as a result of the use Ushmol says no he can only take the devaluation of the boat not rental they're not even arguing it depends whether the boat is something that's normally meant to be rented or not if it's normally meant to be rented then you pay rental then he has the choice of taking the rental or the pachas but if it's not meant to be rented then he only takes the pachas or it could be that even, they're both talking about where it's meant to be rented it depends what the intention of the person was in going and using the boat was he trying to steal it or was he trying to rent it if he was trying to rent it then he'll pay the rental payment but if he was trying to steal it then he doesn't pay the rental payment then he pays the, uh, the pachas from the uh, from, from the payment, as Rashi points out, if he goes to even if the rental payment is more than the devaluation, he still only pays the devaluation. Even though he's he's a worse guy and he's done something worse, he was trying to steal rather than trying to rent. His kavanah was for but the halacha just happens to be that, that you pay based on the value of the shahs so therefore he has to pay the, uh, the pachas rather, than, uh, rather than, the, than the rental payment. In Chashuk of Zilberstein has a shah where a guy had, uh, had made a private arrangement to rent someone's car and he told him that uh, go, the car is downstairs in uh, this street and look under the mat, that's where the keys are and just go and uh, take it. And he went and he took it and used it for five days and then when he returned it, the owner was looking Looking at the car to see if there was any damage, and there was no damage, but it wasn't his car. You know, the guy, the guy, had used someone else's car. So he wanted to know what the uh, who he has to pay. Does he have to for for the rent? Does he have the rightful owner? The car was sick for the last five days. Didn't even know that his car was missing. For some reason, he left his keys under the mat in the car. But uh, so so, uh, do you have to pay? So he says, this uh, this kid, if you go you took something without permission. So he's going to you He's not going to He was going to rent it. So he's you would have to pay." regular uh, rental payment. We're passing this in Shulchan Aruch. Then the Mishnah said that if you steal a coin and the coin subsequently cracks, so uh, or if you steal wine and it spoils, you pay Kshas what it was worth at the time that you stole it. But, but we said, if you steal a Matbeah and it's Nifsal, then the Halacha is um, the, uh, the the you could say just take it back as is. So Am Nistak Nistak Mamish. When we say Nistak, it means it literally breaks. It physically cracks. Nifsal Malchus. Nifsal means nothing physically happens to it. The Malchus just no longer accepts it as valid currency. Amar Malchus Nami Nistak. Then no, if the malchus no longer views it as valid currency, that's the same as being Nistak, that's the same as cracking. nifsal, what nifsal means is that it could still be used elsewhere. So am if you say that nifsal means that the Malchus has uh it here and it, uh, has passed it anywhere, that you're not allowed to use it anywhere, but it's physically the same thing, and you're gonna say that in that case you could say a even though it's useless, malchus well, why is that any different than wine that's Spoils, that's also useless, and you have to pay for that. You can't say, vanecha. You have to pay what is worth of the There's a big difference. Wine that's spoiled is physically different. This coin is physically exactly the same that it used to be. So that's a huge difference. If, according to you, the Malchus is, is the same as physically breaking. Why is a coin no longer being used as valid currency any different than Truma that became tame? They're both physically totally intact, they're physically exactly the same, and they're both worthless at this point. So it's a big difference because when truma becomes tame, you can't see, you can't recognize the fact that it's that it's worthless. But I mean, the the fact that it's worthless is not recognizable. But when you have a coin that no one else seems to be using, no stores are accepting, so even though physically it's the same coin, it's recognizable that it's worthless. This is the comment Rav Al-Khanan has in Babbas that the on in the in and comes in Babasra, also over here in and Shurim. B'kama, he explains that the Machlokas over here is what the Geder of Hezek Sheinunikar is. The halach is, Hezek Sheinunikar is Lav Shmei Hezek, that if it's a non-recognizable damage, they're arguing, what's the definition of recognizable? Is the definition of recognizable that seeing it, Sheru sham, you would recognize that there's something wrong, that there's a problem over here? Or is the definition of recognizable damage physical damage. So if the definition is physical damage, a coin that's no longer usable, even though it's so obvious that it's no longer usable, it's not being used by anybody else, anywhere else, that would still be, if, if you hold that the definition is physical damage of Hezek Nikr, would, this would still be Hezek She'eno Knicker because it's not physical. But if you hold the definition as something that's recognizable, that you can see that there's a problem, so you see society around you is no longer using this coin, you have this coin, so you see that it's a problem, so then it would be considered a Hezek Nikr. Avukhan suggests that this is also Machloka Shri Shonim and Hadapaskin. Because Tosul babbasu, that Babbasudab Bezum Bez says that Mittame is a Hezek She'enu Nikr for the following reason. When you're Mittame something, it's Hezek She'enu Nikr because you have no idea if the food that the Sheretz is being put on was ever Huchsha Le to begin with. So if you put a Sheretz on food, it may not be Mittame the food. It may be totally fine because you have no idea if it was ever Huchsha Le The implication is that if you did know that it was Huchsha Le or if it was becoming being, if, if it was becoming tame with a tame mashke it wasn't a sheretz it was an actual liquid and to be tamay something with a mashke you don't need actually a you're being tamay with a the mashke then it would be called hezek nikar it also says and the Ramban disagrees the Ramban says no that would also be called hezek shainer nikar what are they arguing about well the Ramban would say the definition of hezek shainer nikar is physical damage if you're being tamay with a mashke it's still not physical damage it's just uh, it's uh, spiritual damage it's a uh, damage that has nothing to do with the physical makeup of of the item. But it's also say it has nothing to do with physical damage. Definition of Hasak Shay and is something that you wouldn't even see that there's a problem. But if you see a tame mashka touching the food, you know that there's a problem. So that's uh, how Rav Khan connects uh that have shown him to this machlokus in the Gamar right here. Itmar. is Khir al You lend somebody uh, with a certain coin and then that coin is no longer legal Tenders so Rav Amar no LaMat Beah uh, You give whatever coin is uh, is usable at that at that point. Shmuel Amar Lo Shmuel says that you're able to tell the guy this coin is no longer usable here, so go use it somewhere else. Uh, it's not not my problem that it's no longer usable here. You want to use it, use it somewhere else, and that's uh, and, and 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 that's fine. So Amar De Shmuel Shmuel makes sense if the guy has has the ability to travel to Mishan if that's, uh, if that's doable for him but if he has no way to get to Mishan so then you can't say that uh, you know just go to Mishan so then you have to pay him back with something that he can actually use so uh, R- Rava asks on, uh, on, on, on Rav Nachman, so, uh, the, the following, meaning Rav Nachman is the one that, that said that Shmuel's only correct when he has access to Mishan. So, he says, so when it comes to Meister you're allowed to redeem Meister from money. You have all this produce, you don't want to schlep it all through your shlaim, so you exchange it for money. But you're not allowed to use money that's enom yotzos. That's not that's not uh, that's not used in that location. That's not, or as uh, as uh, Rashi says, almost yotzos klal The love kesav tsura It's not considered kesav tsura. You're not allowed to be mechallel meisasheni on what they call the nasimom. Like the old Israeli Asimanam, any coin that doesn't have an image on it, any coin that doesn't have, that's just a flat piece of metal, you're not allowed to be Mechal. It has to be Kesavashishlav Tzura. It doesn't, can't just be any Tzura, it has to be a Tzura that means something, a Tzura that actually makes it usable. So Kate said, if you have money that's uh, that, that's that's a bar money or Yerushalmi money um, or from earlier governments uh, that that can't be used at all, so then you can't be with it. But it sounds like if you have current government tender that's just similar to earlier government's coins in the sense that it's no longer usable because it's no longer usable here. This The government doesn't allow it in this medina. It only allows it in another medina. Sounds like that's perfectly fine. You're allowed to use that. I, but I thought that if you don't have access to get to the other place then it's no good then uh, you're not, Then we don't consider it to be a legitimate currency oh, the case must be over here where the Malchios don't, don't mind that you use other people's coins and that uh, you carry other people's coins so you do always have the ability to give it to people who are visiting from that, from that other place to get to that other place to exchange it so it does have some value so wait, do you mean to tell me that Shmuel was talking about in the situation where Malchios are makbid <coughs> on each other? Well then Then why did Shmuel say that if you have the ability to go to Mishan uh, to use the coin there then uh, it's valid currency but if Malchios are makbid Zuelzu then you're not even allowed to take the coin out of your pocket you're going to get arrested for having this coin so what, do you, what difference does it make that you have the ability to go to Mishan you can't even have the coin here so demam Ali now it must be that the government's attitude toward this coin is they're not searching your pockets for the coin. It's just that you can't take it out of your pocket over here, so keep it in your pocket till you get to Mishan. But it's the kind of thing where they're not looking for it but if they see a blatant violation directly in front of them, then they're going to be mocked, but they're going to do something about it. That was the case of Shmuel. Tashma of further Raya. Ein mechalel al-moel be-bavel. You know, be on money, on the, the local currency, if uh, if you're in Bavel. Shall bavel v'hein kan. Or Babylonian currency, if you're here, if you're not in Bavel. shall bavel v'hein But if you have Babylonian currency, in Bavel you could be mechal. ein the a apparently you're not allowed to use Israeli currency in Babel to be mechalel even though ultimately you're going to go there so isn't that like having a derech Lemishan where it makes it okay it must be talking about in a case where the Malchios are makbido, where there's no way you're able to hang on to that currency and that's why it's a problem but then why is it okay if it's what can you do with it meaning you can't bring it to Israel because the Malchios are makbido, so also. So what are you going to do with it? It's Meish money. The only thing you're allowed to do with it is go spend it in Yerushalayim. So, okay, you're in Bavel with your Meish exchanging it for other Babylonian money that you can only use in Bavel, that you're not even able to use in Yerushalayim. So what's the point? So Chazud Zavn Bubehema umasakli Lirushalayim. No, you could still use it because you can, sell, you can buy an animal with it in Bavel and bring that animal to Yerushalayim. Really? Can you do that? Tulsus points out, the Gemara in Kiddush, in Daphne tells us, you're not allowed to buy an animal with Maish Hashanian money unless you're already in Yerushalayim. You're not allowed to buy an animal in Babel with Maish Hashanian money. Once it's been exchanged for money, you got to bring the money to Yerushalayim. So Tolstice says it's Machlok's Masech Sukkah. but a mayor you are allowed to do Lecharchiva. Then Tolstice says that he is, since it's, in this case, it's Yefshar bin Yenachah, there's no other way to uh, to solve the dilemma, because uh, you can't bring the money to Yerushalayim, so that we'll make a special exception over, over here what's the reason you're not allowed to buy behemah with nice shiny money outside of Yerushalayim so, uh, so Rashi gives two, two explanations and one he says maybe the behemah is going to become weakened from schlepping it all the way to Yerushalayim so it's not going to have the full value by the time you get to Yerushalayim or because it says if that you have to come with the money biyadecha once you, you make it al-kesef it's got to be biyadecha it's got to actually be in your hands Vatanya says more further, vatanya his skin is most Joseph kach, that they made a takana that all money should be accepted in Yerushalayim. That depends on uh, the historical time that you lived, whether they actually made such a takana that Mokre uh, Behema that had to accept all money in Yerushalayim. It, it, which is which? Was it at a time where we were in control of ourselves, of, of Yerushalayim? That's where we made the takana that Mokre Behemah had to accept all currency? Or is it only when the Yad Umasolim were to kifa that we made this Takana, they have to accept all currency? The Raiven explains that when Yad Yisra'el Shalta, when the Jews were in charge, so a lot of people were coming from on, on, on uh, to be able to regal, so... Um, so it would be very difficult for them to shlep up all their maestros So they were always machalal on money, and, w- and what money did they have? They only, they only had their local currency. So that's why there was a need for this takana that the mochri Behema had to accept everything. It had to become just like an international city where you accepted all these different uh, these different types of, of currencies. But when Yad Umosha Olam was Sholate, so there weren't that many people being all the regular anyway. There was no there was no need for this takana. The Rama, quoted by the Shidung says the opposite that when Yad Yisrael is Sholate and uh, they, they were able to go to bring the, to bring their payros to Yerushalayim. It's much easier to bring the payros because there was no one stopping them from going with big packages into Yerushalayim. So then they didn't need a takana because no one had to bring money; they could just bring their payros. But when Yadu Mosha Olam then they had to bring money because they had to sneak it in. Tell me about an Ezumadbeah Yerushalayim. What is the matbeah of Yerushalayim? What does it look like? David and Shlomo on one side, and Yerushalayim Yerakodesh on the other. and the Matveya of Avram Avinu, Zakin Uzakina Mitzalechad, Ubachru Basullah mitzad Mitsalachir that it has an old person and an, an old couple on one side and a young couple on the other side. Tulsus points out, are you allowed to make such coins? You're allowed to make images, three-dimensional images of human beings. So Tulsa writes in the bottom of the Niroshaya both Surah Zakh and Uzkain Mikhan, Bakru Bukhur Mikan, Talsulas Surah Saddam. Elkakhayu Kos of Mitzalechad, a much less exciting coin. It it said the words Zakin on one side and the words on the other side but it didn't actually have the image major discussion in the post and what the uh, exact kiddardom of that is of making three dimensional in- images of human beings whether it's only if you make the entire human being or even just a partial image of, uh, of a human being but Tulsa seems to be understanding that there's no way that they could have made a three dimensional image of a human being on a coin and that we would be at all proud of that okay we'll pick up from there tomorrow oh, yeah.